I mean, the starter of this whole movement had his strongest words for those who supposedly were the most devout, the most religious of the day. Welcome to The Search Podcast, where we have conversations about the big questions of God and life. I'm Blaine Larson, and today we're going to discuss what good is Jesus if his followers are jerks. <laughs> My guest is Mel Cure, Dr. Mel Cure. Mel's got his BBA from North, North Texas State University, an MA in theology from Fuller Seminary, an MA in biblical studies from DTS, and a D-Min, a Doctor of Ministry degree from Phoenix Seminary. That's more degrees than my bumper music, Mel. It sounds a lot more impressive than it is, Blaine, <laughs> I assure you. Well, uh, I'm really grateful that you would join us to talk about this topic. What good is Jesus if his followers are jerks? So, Mel, where do we start thinking about this? Well, I think we have to start with an acknowledgement of the facts. I mean, I read a statistic recently. Mark Clark, in his book, The Problem of God, cites a recent study done by George Barna that found that 87% of so-called non-Christians cite hypocritical behavior as the reason why they reject Christianity. I mean, it's a real issue for people. There's a disconnect between behavior and belief that would cause me to go, why would I want it on that deal? And you had this come up at a recent conversation, right? Yeah, this comes up often, but but probably the most striking example for me was the very one of the very first forums that I ever led or had the privilege of facilitating. Uh, and for those that don't know, a forum is kind of our parties with a purpose that we throw in search where we invite people together for an evening around a conversation, around a question or a topic or an idea. Sometimes those are fed in advance. Other times we just say, what do you, what do you think about things of substance, God, spirituality, things that matter, you know? But in this case, I think it was more of a directed conversation relative to, you know, you know, how good is good enough? How, how, if, if, if heaven's a good place and God's a good God, how good you got to be to get in? What gets you there? Something to that effect. And anyway, I remember early on in the conversation, this was on this guy's back deck in Frisco. There was like 60 people around this deal. And, and boy, the conversation it, it initially was pretty theoretical and kind of high level and people are offering this and that. And, 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 and then all of a sudden, I just noticed this one woman's body language was very, very emotive. She was, she was, clutching her arms around her chest, and she was leaning in, and her face went from sad to angry. And, and, and so she asked a question. At one point, she just kind of butted in and said, excuse me, but, but you know, I, don't, I don't really see the value of any of this. I mean, I'm really struggling with why we're even doing this. And boy, I was really taken aback, as was the rest of the crowd. And then, and then later on, she, she asked a question, but it was this real intellectual-oriented question. But man, her voice was just dripping with emotion, and I'm just... Well, and I'm, I'm freaking out, as, as is my wife and everybody else. It's like the air was going out of the room. And, and, and finally, she, she pauses at the end with this question that it really had this statement pointing finger at me. And, and, I, and I was just shocked. And I went, man, you know what? I'll try to do my best to respond to that question, but can I ask you one first? And she went, what? And I said, well, have I done something to offend you? I, I feel like you're angry at me. And boy, I remember her face. It went from this just dripping anger to, to all of a sudden, man, she started choking back tears. And, and she, she looked at me and she went, I'm so sorry. She said, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at guys like you 
uh, because of my uncle. When I was growing up, a little girl, my uncle was a deacon in a little local church, and boy, we'd go on Sunday mornings. We all had to meet and go to his to go to church with him and sit, you know. And he's the guy, and everybody in there thought he was the greatest, and and he acted like he was the greatest. And boy, we were the perfect little Christian family. And then after church, we'd go home, and he would beat my sister and I for any any mild infraction that we we may have done done is it violated his perfect picture and so i grew up with this idea that that all you christians particularly those in leadership are are, are just these horrible horrible people every hour but sunday morning man hypocrisy was a real deal for her it was a deal breaker for her had nothing to do with the question of the night at that forum, but ended up becoming the topic of the evening at that forum. And it's been a topic ever since. I hear this often. I hear people phrase the question in a lot of different ways. But the bottom line is they're going, why would I want to join a, a bunch of people who claim one thing and live no different than the rest of us? Wow. I mean, that story, it, it, it's it's powerful. And unfortunately, it's one of those that to varying degrees and circumstances is repeated and has been repeated over and over and over again. And there's a reason why that study that you, you quote, 87% of non-Christians cite this. This is a problem. This is a reason people aren't interested. Uh, in my journey, Mel, this might have been, it was one of my top two reasons. I didn't have a personal experience, but I had heard enough that I said, I don't want to be any part of that. Well, same here. I mean, to be honest, I, you know, I, was, grow, I was brought up by parents that weren't church-going church themselves. But the reason they weren't is because their parents, my grandparents on both sides, were very involved in these little West Texas churches that were dry and dead and mean. And so their picture was, there's this God up there, but boy, I don't, his followers are mean. You know, they didn't like that picture. Yeah, I, I don't like that picture. <laughs> Me neither, brother. Me neither. <laughs> so, okay, so you're in this forum. You have this amazing statement, an interaction with this woman who's a guest of yours. Let's shift to an answer to this question. Great. Logically thinking through this, how you responded to her. So, Mel, what are what are the options intellectually when we when we think of this hypocrisy question? Does it does it validate Christianity? Does it invalidate? Not valid. Valid. That's a bad word. <laughs> Does, you know, is it is it a is it a non-starter? Does it mean we shouldn't think about it at all? Or are yeah. there other ways to think about this? So how do yeah. we look at it? Well, I think from an intellectual standpoint, you really do only have two options: either hypocrisy invalidates Christianity as a legitimate option, or it doesn't. Right. And, and so if those are the two categories, then we probably start with, does hypocrisy invalidate Christianity? I think to address that, we probably need to at least think about popular assumptions, maybe presuppositions is a better, to suppose in advance, ideas that people have they bring into this conversation that need to at least be addressed, if not corrected. Three wrong assumptions, I'd say. Number one being this whole idea that, that all bad behavior is necessarily hypocrisy. And so we got to, you know, the beginning of wisdom is defining the terms. I think it was C.S. Lewis said that, but, you know, I attribute everything to C.S. Lewis, but I don't know. <laughs> That's anyway, easy to do. Yeah, he's yeah. famous in certain circles. But um, is bad behavior necessarily hypocrisy? Well, what does the word hypocrite mean? What is a hypocrite? What's hypocrisy? Well, the, the, the essence of it, the root of it is this idea of pretending, pretense, to intentionally uh, mislead 
if you will. Uh, originally, I think the old Greek term, the idea was in Greek theater that it was a person who wore a mask. They wore these big masks in those open-air amphitheaters where thousands of people were watching and you had no microphones and amplification. And they put on these big masks that had expressions. So you didn't know what was going on behind the mask. You know, this was supposed to tell you. So it's a misleading, it's an, it's an intentional misleading. Well, let me be the first to say there is a lot of bad behavior among people that claim to be Christian, and there are certainly are occasions where there's an intentional misleading that happens. So hypocrisy is real, but not all—so all hypocrisy is sin, so to speak, but not all sin is hypocrisy. It's almost like the difference between an ability to—or somebody saying, yeah, what I did was wrong, and somebody saying— what are you talking about? No, there's nothing to see here. Yeah, I'm totally. I'm got all my stuff together. I, I agree. I, yeah, I think I think the root issue is here. Yes, the, the the call of Christianity is to perfection. I mean, there's no apology for that. Whether you, whatever you think about the Bible, it, you know, in it it says, "Be ye perfect as God is perfect." I mean, the call is to perfection. The reality is I've never met a perfect person, and I personally very seldom have had a perfect hour. So I'm embarrassing myself a lot of the time. So, so I cannot and, and don't think anyone should try to represent Christians as being perfect. But I think there's this assumption that somehow we claim to be, right? That'd be another of those false assumptions, that, that, that we claim perfection. I don't think we do. I think what we claim is we have a perfect leader, Christ, and a bunch of imperfect followers because we're following him because we know we ain't got it. We can't do what, you know, and so we'll talk more about that maybe as we go along. But so, so the, back to the assumption, let me just summarize. I think that all bad behavior is not necessarily hypocrisy. That's number one. So not all of us are out there intentionally trying to mislead. But I will say all of us do do bad things. We certainly don't live up to the ethical standard of our leader, so to speak, Jesus. That's number one. Number two, there's also a difference a huge difference between people who profess to be Christian and those who actually know and follow Jesus. What I mean by that is, as I've done these forums over these years, I've heard people identify themselves as Christian, and yet as we've kind of dug beneath, back to the beginning of wisdom is defining the terms, when I ask the question, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be a Christian? I've gotten some of the most amazing answers and such a variety of answers that all I would encourage you to do before you assume anything about all Christians based on one Christian, at least start with what's a Christian. I think that would be worth a conversation. It's certainly worth another podcast, and we could go into that in detail. But not all who profess possess. I think that's a real point that people need to be aware of. And then the third one, like I said uh, earlier, is this idea that, that the expectation is perfection, and, and it, it just, in this life, it isn't. I mean, we're just trying to see progress, you know. So if none of these misconceptions invalidate Christianity, then what are we left with? Well, I think, we, I think that we are left with the next logical response, which is hypocrisy in and of itself does not invalidate Christianity. But before we go there, there's one other thought we probably ought to interject, and that is how Jesus himself felt, felt about hypocrisy. 
I mean, the starter of this whole movement had his strongest words for those who supposedly were the most devout, the most religious of the day. And man, he once goes to them in Matthew 23 is one biblical passage that comes to mind where he basically says, woe unto you, you brood of vipers. You guys who are supposed to be the leaders are the most pathetic examples of this thing. So he didn't like hypocrisy either. No one intention, no, no, no one uh, who intentionally misleads or pretends is applauded under the banner of Christian. And, and so it sounds like what you're saying in a sense is that Christianity is not in some level foundationally rooted in people who follow Jesus. You know, is that that's what validates or invalidates everything we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, I think, root, I'm sorry. No, it's rooted somewhere know. else, yeah. right? So where? Yeah, well, I think we're all hypocrites, right? We're all hypocrites. Everybody's a hypocrite. You know, as I sit here today, we're less than 24 hours into what the World Health Organization has called a, a, a worldwide pandemic. I mean, I'm afraid. Sure, there's a legitimate fear of virus, of contracting this virus. And yet, as I was telling you earlier, at breakfast on the way over here, I just greeted a friend who literally got off a plane two days ago from Israel, having (laughs) tromped around the Holy Land with people from all over the world. And my first instinct was to walk up and hug him and say, great to see you, Bruce. The reality being, anybody watching would have said, that guy obviously does not believe that there's a, a worldwide pandemic. Look at how reckless he is. Well, the reality is my behavior belied my belief at that point. I absolutely believe. And I have a, you know, we have elderly parents, my wife and I, and, and I certainly don't want to be a conduit. So sometimes my behavior definitely doesn't line up with my belief. We're all hypocrites. we got to acknowledge that. we got to realize that that doesn't necessarily make belief true or false. It doesn't make truth true or false either. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Christianity is based on Jesus, yeah, right? The, yeah. It, you know, we're, we're not asking people to put their faith, to count on anything else, anything other than Jesus, right? And at the end of the day, that's what should validate or invalidate this thing. And so, so it's not about our merit. It's not about our performance. It's about his mercy, right, and his perfection that he gives to us. It's, it's the offer of Christianity, at least. So, Mel, as we wrap up the podcast, what's our takeaway? Well, I, I probably would want to, you know, there's a lot more we could say about this. I mean, to be honest, I'm sorry we didn't get off into why do people ask this question? Why does this come up? Because, again, in this woman's, where I started with the forum, that, that gal, her issue was not an intellectual issue. Her issue was an emotional issue. She was really hurt. And I think it's helpful as we address questions like this that we we give the, the person asking at least the honor of trying to, to address what, what where it's coming from, right? And, and to me, my experience is usually one of three places. Now, it can be a combination, certainly, but people, people come off sometimes really angry, you know, and their anger can be triggered again by some sort of bad experience. But a lot of times it's triggered, too, by just a defensiveness because Christianity, to be honest, is kind of threatening. I mean, it's not this all-inclusive, God is this lover up there that just, you know, come on in and just willy-nilly with wherever you believe, that's great. It's not that. Christianity is a religion that says, you know what? There is a standard, and you fail. You fall short. And guess what? There's a penalty to that, you know? Eternal consequences are at stake here. It's a pretty invasive 
religion, so to speak. So people get defensive when you start going, wait, I'm not good enough for your God? What? So we need to investigate. Is that what the, where it's coming from? Is it hurt? You know, there's a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of people that have had really bad experiences with really crummy Christians. Well, well let's, let's give them the honor of meeting a good Christian, a kind person. And, and so, so there's that. There's the third one, though. There, is, there are those, I think, that are genuinely intellectually confused. They're like, wait a minute. Jesus is supposed to be this good guy. You're, why aren't you a good guy? You know, if you're following him and you call yourself a Christian, a Christ one, then you ought to be like him. Why are you not? What's the connect there? What's the disconnect? That's a great opportunity, I think, to clarify the most often, uh, the biggest misconception about Christianity out there, and that is that somehow Christianity, the way you get to God, is by being good. Whether it's being a good Baptist or a good Muslim, it's be good to get to God. The reality is, no, Christianity is the only religion that says, no, you can't be good enough. And it's not about your goodness. It's about God loving you so much that he offers the life of his perfect son in our stead and for our sake. It's an offer. It's not an order, you know. So having said that, let me just wrap this deal up. So the way I illustrate usually this whole topic, if I'm given the chance, is, and in your case, I'd say, Blaine, you may not know this, but you're not the only musician who works for Search Ministries. <laughs> the reality yeah. is that there was a time in my history prior to Search, prior to church, as a pastor, which I did for 20 years, I was on staff with this thing called Young Life. And part of the job description for a Young Life leader back when I did it, particularly as staff members, you had to be your own song leader. So I had to learn how to play guitar. Now, where we're different is I have absolutely no aptitude and very little, if any, experience. I had to go out and borrow a guitar and then end up buying a used one at a used guitar place in Garland, Texas. So, And then I get one songbook that had chords in it. And I mechanically taught myself basic chords. And then I would get with other Young Life guys and just try to follow their lead and mechanically learn these songs. And I played for probably 10 or 15 years and then put it down for 20 years. But... A guitar followed us and my family as we trucked all around the country doing four different churches and four different roles in four different places, uh, roles as a pastor. But anyway, this guitar there, I ended up having four kids, and it was my youngest son who one day unearthed this old guitar out of the closet and says, Dad, I love this. Will you teach me how to play it? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I had me pick that thing up, you know, and so... Uh, my wife is looking at me like, of course he will, you know? And so I'm like, okay, well, let me see what we got here. So literally I pulled that thing out and it's, somehow miraculously it was sort of in tune. And all I could remember was one song and it happened to be the first song I ever learned, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. Yes. Peaceful, Easy Feeling, I The love Eagles. And, and so I'm like, okay, Fulton, here it is, man. This is what I got. Three basic chords is all I knew on it. And just, you know, and off I go, man. And I'm, just going berserk, and I'm teaching him. And so we spent a couple of weeks, literally, me kind of mechanic, showing where his fingers went and all that stuff. He works on it. He works on it. <laughs> we end up, I think we're having company for dinner one night, and he comes busting in. Hey, Dad, you want me to play our song for your friends? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And so I said, well, are you ready? I mean, you know, you just got to start. No, no, I'm ready. And boy, off he goes into peaceful, easy feeling. Was, and let me just say, Blaine, I'm bad. He's worse. Okay. <laughs> And this poor guy, he gave it his best shot. But, but man, I hope you wouldn't judge the Eagles by my son's rendition of their song. In the same way, I hope you won't judge our Jesus by, by my rendition of him.
What a way to end. Thank you, Mel. Great illustration. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. This Honored is, to be here. This was fun. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Search Podcast. If you liked this conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends, and we would love to continue the conversation with you. So if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, email us at podcast at searchnational.org. And in the show notes for this podcast, you will find links to resources and anything else we think you'll find interesting related to this topic. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.